When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that's going back to our roots. This week on Heart and Hand, victory. And Villarreal. So, welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I'm your host, and joining me this week are two of the senior podders on the team. First of all, the wonderful Mr. Ian Hogg. Good evening, young man. Uh, hope you're well. How's it's like, Monday already. It's almost Thursday. It's almost Thursday, yes, and an earlier kickoff, which is which is good. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. As I suspect, is Alex Staff. Hi, uh, evening, gentlemen. I definitely am looking forward to it. How good is it able to say it's almost Thursday? I've got to wait till the Saturday or the Sunday for your night. I meant that. Honestly, honestly, Alex, you know, since the start of the season, it's been... Is it the next game yet? Oh, it's been... It's been, yeah, yeah, it's not as if we've had to wait strange, for them either. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's been strange and, uh, yeah, very welcome. You know that meme, uh, that meme, even, uh, meme, meme, but you know that meme, um, the words lost all meaning now, that uh, it's Kermit the Frog with his evil Kermit the Frog. And it's me, inner me, and all that kind of stuff. So on the one hand, there's me kind of sitting going, oh, a lot of fixtures and our squad's a little stretched a bit thin. And inner me's going, games, games, bring them on. Yes, fucking Rangers magic. So there is that <laughs> kind of dissonance, shall we say, between what I know to be the case and elite sportsmen have to play a lot of games, yada, yada, and I just want to watch Rangers. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, as I say, it's just, it's almost surreal, uh, and it's almost just sprung up on us this season out of nowhere. Uh, well, certainly uh, wanting you know, to watch them rather than, oh, fuck, we're playing. Well, no, that as well, <laughs> I think, is the biggest difference, isn't it? Yes, that, that is indeed uh, a fundamental difference. And it was best seen by Rangers uh, tackle Dundee at, uh, I was guessing Dundee United there, but that, I mean, anyone younger wouldn't have had a clue what I was talking about there would they um, that's uh, god that's a blast from the past but no we were, we were taking the only football team left in Dundee and uh, we were taking them on at Ibrox and look Hoggy 
Not for one second did I think we were going to do anything other than win and win this comfortably. And it's testament, I think, first of all, to just the change, not only in, obviously, the players and the team and, and that sort of thing, because that's, that's obvious, but the mood round Rangers now. It, it's The fans aren't that kind of fearful, well, you know, we need to be on it and an early goal, and if they get one back, even at 2-0, thought if they get one back, we're going to win this 4-1 rather than 4-0. It was just so straightforward, and that's entirely different to what we've witnessed since we came back up. Um. I've, I've, I've spoken about this a few times, David. Do you know, it's only three months since we started pre-season training. Um, and the the difference, the difference I think we maybe day-to-day at the minute take for granted, the difference is incredible. Uh, like you, I went into Saturday's game absolutely expecting to win. Um, and after about 12 minutes, expecting a cricket score... Um, there was maybe a couple of times where we slacked off and Dundee attacked and what have you, but we got back on it in the second half and really pressed them. There was not one minute. In fact, you know, looking back over the whole build-up, the whole weekend, all through the game, I didn't expect Dundee to to do anything other than come, stick in a few tackles, ultimately capitulate, and then everyone's everyone in a Dundee sense is back talking to when instead of if for Neil, Neil McCann. Oh, I felt rotten about that. That's like when your pal is going out with a really good-looking girl and you shag her. And look, you know as soon as she starts flirting with you that you're going to shag her, right? It's just, it's inevitable. And you kind of kid yourself, and then you say, well, you know, and then if he does it, right, you, you feel rotten, but you're, you know, it's going to happen. And that's kind of how I felt with poor wee Neil, that we were shagging his girlfriend. Um, but in our defence, she was really good looking. So, you know, that, that, that we, we've all been there. Um, <laughs> people wonder why I don't have a lot of close friends. But we, <laughs> um, we, we, we started well, we started brilliantly, actually, and right from the start, um, Rangers were just, I, I, I thought, were absolutely outstanding, the opening 15 minutes, where it was, it was not only did we just come right out with pace and authority and directness and excellent passing, but there was ambition, I felt, in that players were trying things, uh, and we, we, we spoke about that during you know last season, it's anyone can take the ball in midfield and turn and make a side pass, it takes balls at Ibrox where people will get on your back to to go, no, I'm going to try the tricky thing. And I thought in particular, um, we'll come to Heart and Hands on in a minute, but I thought in particular of the, the kind of more attack-minded players, if you will, although Lissana Kulabali was definitely one of them in that regard, I thought Arfield uh, and Kent in particular, and Daniel Kandias as well, who was excellent, I thought the three of them really were, give me the ball and I'll try and make something happen. And if it didn't come off, give me the ball and I'll try and make something happen. And I loved that. Yeah, that's as you say, it's what's been missing. That that mental strength to, to try that, it doesn't work. It's not gonna work most of the time, that's the nature of football. Uh but you know, back on it straight away and try it again, try again and try again. And you mentioned the first fifteen minutes there. It should have been three now at fifteen minutes rather than two. Uh, after a perfectly good Morelos goal chopped off Well I'm going to let so, you rant about that one Because Hoggy and I rant about referees an awful lot Right, we do And the, the, they've heard us Hoggy, right? 
Oh, weekly. <laughs> yeah, and they will again. I'm not going to lie if you're uh, if you're new around here. Um, but we'll save that because Alex is one of the more sensible people I know, and he doesn't tend to get caught up in this sort of thing. But when Alex is trying to find the address of the aforementioned official, there's usually a good reason for it. That offside. And it was a shame because what a fucking goal it was, incidentally. Kent with a surgeon diagonal. He plays out to Kandias. Beautiful cross right across the goalie, but curving back so that Morelos running in. And even at full pelt, he just, a, a perfect, you could say a tap in, but there was more to it than that. And it was a stunning goal. Great goal. Genuine you know, goal of the month winner right there and then. Chopped off for offside. And I was sitting with Scott on, on Saturday and I was sitting in the Govan. Uh, the Govan rear, uh, kind of just like on the halfway line, but towards the the Broomland, and I'm like, there's no, there's no way. Oh, Morelos ran from behind him. I, I just you couldn't possibly. I I genuinely could not see the justification at all for it. And then you think, right, okay, maybe, maybe I've got it wrong. You know, it was in real time. Watched it back. What a fucking disgraceful decision. Yes, and you, you mentioned the justification there. I'm away at the other side of the stadium, and in real time I thought it was a ridiculous decision. But as I say, I'm miles away from it, so I couldn't tell. Um, turns out the linesman was fucking miles away from it as well, doesn't it? But anyway, um, but I, I tend to try and look at that. I try and look at you know positioning, the nature of the game, all that sort of stuff, and try and give the officials as much a break as I possibly can. Try and understand why they made the decision. He's made that decision because it's Alfredo Morelos and because we were 1-0 up and it was only 8 minutes into the game that's the two reasons why he's done that he had no clue whether that was onside or offside nah, he's now, I don't have an issue he's 3, he, he's three yards 3 behind Candace when he plays the ball behind Candace, yeah I don't really have an issue with that I'd rather know winners were quicker than the linesman you know what I mean <laughs> well, <laughs> I get that you know that happens and I understand that and I know it's their job and it's, it's not easy to keep up with somebody like Daniel Candace when he's at full pill and he was at full pill. So so I kind of get that. But the fact is, he's had to guess there. He couldn't see that. He clearly couldn't see that. And he's guessed. And his guess has been influenced by the fact that we were 1-0 up early in the game. And even at that point, it was looking like a cricket score, let's be honest. Mm. And it was Alfredo Morelos. And he's always offside. Which was, by the way, the reaction of most fans at the time as well. Uh, without you know seeing a replay or anything. A lot of them were saying, oh, it's Morelos again. Typical offside all the time. Well, there you go. This has happened more than once now, where he's been shafted by poor decisions. Uh, so it's, it was a, I couldn't understand. If you don't know, surely as a linesman or a referee, if you can't tell from there, there's anything to doubt. Thing, well, you know, we're always told it that's to supposed to be the rule, isn't it? But also we're always told, Hoggy, you're not allowed to guess. And if you didn't see it, you don't give it. And we heard earlier in the week that the reason Alfredo Morelos' suspension was ruled out was because uh, the the linesman admitted when asked by the panel, oh, actually, I didn't have a clear view. And the referee said, well, I didn't see it. And you're thinking, OK, then, well, why in the name of fuck are you making decisions? To be fair, hold on to your hats, folks. <laughs> to, to be fair to the linesman here, I mean, there was only a defender trying to tackle Daniel Candace in the head of Morelos and Morelos is three yards behind. I mean, surely any any trained professional could have got that wrong. Uh, maybe not. Um, it was it was a shocker. And as you say, off the back of, 
off the back of the admission of I've guessed to send Morelos off, it's you know you know me, David. I'm I'm never ever one to 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 cry conspiracy or they're against us or whatever because I truly truly believe if that's the case, there's got to be referees that are pro us. So um, you know it stands to reason and all that. That, that this is just a crowd of referees. I think who now are referees or um, refereeing teams. I think they feel just under pressure and under siege. They're bringing all of it or the vast majority of it on themselves. I don't think people are genuinely don't think people are giving them a hard time. Certainly not managers, etc. Players. Folk are just calling out their decisions. Yes. I also I also don't think I have to say that the SFA are, are particularly helping. For example. Um, Alan McGregor should probably have been cited. He wasn't because of stuff that's gone on in the previous weeks, and it almost seems as if the SFA, not for the first time in their lives, are intent on tying themselves up in knots. And of course, it's the refereeing teams that end up at the thick end of it. If you know, if this was a one-off, then we'd all go, "Ah, well, yeah, yeah. we won four 0 all good, move on." But it's not a one-off. No, this is every time and time, time Every again. week. I mean, it is. But let's talk about some really good stuff. And that was, as I say, Rangers' first-half performance. First of all, um, brilliant goal. Heart and hands on Lasana Koulibaly. Getting into the box, um, which is something that I think we'll see more from him now. Um, Alex, he just looks, I think, like a grown-up playing in a kid's game at times. He's just so big and strong and handsome and wonderful. He almost bullies people. Yeah, you're right. It's as if you know, he just decides, "No, that's my ball now. You can just get the way we man." Um, yeah, he's uh, he was excellent, and you consider he's been out for a good few weeks, and he hadn't played that much before he got the knock. You know, this season he hadn't played that much last season. He's probably not anywhere near his sharpest yet. Yeah, this is what we're seeing from him, where he was absolutely dominant when he when he played on on Saturday. It was. Got him off early because it was just a case of well we need to give this lot a wee bit of a chance you know <laughs> um, it was it was it was really really good although in saying that he did very much snatch that first goal right off of Morelos's toes <laughs> that was uh, rather cheeky but a, a lovely finish um, I like about hunger I, I don't really mind who sticks the ball in the net so long as somebody sticks the ball in the net I'm not really bothered who and then Hoggy Ryan Kent with a beauty playing a 1-2 with Morelos a 1-2 with Scott Arfield and then finishing just superbly I thought he was great on Saturday I I mean uh, I, I've I've been I've been a wee bit frustrated, and this is this is maybe me being overcritical. A wee bit frustrated at times. We can kind of you know coming in and out of games and maybe not offering as much that I think that he actually can. On Saturday, he showed that, and it was epitomised by his goal. You know, to to have the confidence and just taking it and play one twos into the box, and then the coolness of the finish. Um, and then of course the celebration which pretty much went along the lines of oh of course I scored um, it was it was a real real great finish going back to the Koulibaly thing for a second I love it that they're all fight, trying to fall over each other to score it, what hunger and desire and David you, 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 Alex I think it was you talked about um, a, a man playing in a kids game it reminds me of a kind of kid in a man's body playing a, playing a game, you know, because he's just desperate to be all over the park and we've, God, we've missed out over the past few weeks. 
Oh, God, we have. But um, Brian Kent, Alex, I mean, you're a, a scruffy, beardy bastard. Is it as simple as he got rid of that appalling chin-only beard thing that I'm sure had to be for a bet? Because, look, I'll take the piss out of beards, right? I will. But a beard is fair enough. If you've got a proper beard, go for it. But a moustacheless beard is just not on at all. Unless you are either Amish or banned from 200 yards of primary schools. <laughs> it was a strange look. Yes, that's fair. I, I think um, I said this during the game, actually, I think I said it by half-time. What suited Kent so much, uh, and some of the, the counter-attacking play, especially in the first half, was just sexual, and a lot of it was coming through him. Uh, Dundee were quite open. They, had, they came and had a bit of a go, and... He tried to get bodies forward and all that sort of stuff and it left space for Kent to run into and he absolutely punished them. Uh, and I don't think we'll see many teams coming to Ibrooks and do that again this season. Uh, he was he, he was really, really good in that respect. And, but it was a bit more than that, you know. It was more than that. It wasn't just that Dundee gave him space and made it easy for him. He still had to play well and he did. He was excellent in, the, in his performance and hopefully this is us starting to see the best of him now. Uh, because he has been, he's been close. We've seen some great saves, some some stuff from him before. He's been really close to getting that that goal that we were told by Gerard would kick him on, uh, and hopefully we've seen that now. Incidentally, Alex, how much of a fucking hypocrite am I? At the start of the show, I'm giving it. Do you know it's only three months, guys? And uh, and Ryan Kent, he's frustrating the fuck out of me before Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I think he's played well um, And he does a shift um, I, If any, I was maybe a wee bit surprised that he played Because I think he's a starter Certain starter If we go with a 4-3-3 I suppose uh, against Villarreal But we will, we will come to that So Rangers in control Now um, Alex, you might be able to pronounce this young fellow's name The Dundee midfielder who had a cracking game Inguatala Him um, Inguatala um, Then uh, Look the manager referred to this, so it wasn't just us as fans being a bit annoyed about this, but two or three times he made kind of 40, 50 yard runs with the ball without a challenge. And then Dundee, when they got, they had uh, McGowan um, hit a shot just past the post and probably assaulted a policeman at some point. And uh, then another long shot went past, and then uh, Ingotala really kind of cocked up after a, a good run, played the ball to Kenny Miller, who returned it to him, and he, he kind of delayed, and then the tackle went in. Um, simply just down to being too up, find it too easy, a wee bit of slackness, which was kind of my thought. I didn't think it was anything. But then, you know, people had said, well, that is a feeling that has happened a few times this season, that teams have been able to just run through us without a challenge on occasion. And the manager seemed a bit pissed by it as well, judging by his after-match comments. Yeah, now, this isn't a direct criticism of anybody because I think everybody could come away from Saturday saying they played well. Uh, but the games where we've had that issue, in my opinion, have been the games where we've not had Ryan Jack on the pitch. Uh, one of them, Maribor at home. I remember he missed that game because of what was essentially an assault by Stevie May against Aberdeen. Um, and... Maribor created a number of chances in the first half just by running throughs, uh, getting shots at the edge of the box and such like, and McGregor had to make a couple of smart saves in the first half. Second half, we seemed to tighten up and, you know, when it ran all over them. Very similar pattern, actually, on, on Saturday. We started quickly, we got the early goal, we looked in control, and then the game got a bit 
fractured, for want of a, a less punny word, by all the injuries. Um, you know, when Arfield went down for a while, and then there was a couple of others after that, um, and that seemed to break the flow up, and then we seemed to lose a bit of concentration in midfield. I think you're right, I think it's happened, but I think it happens when Ryan Jack isn't playing, because he, at the moment, is the most disciplined of our midfielders for just sitting in that gap and being there where others will get caught out of position a little bit because they're pushing forward, trying to get involved. Um, and the boy Ingotala as well, he's an absolute whippet. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> um, he looks really, really, really good, really I, I must admit. I've seen him a couple of times and, and mentioned that before that he looks okay, but he hasn't started too often this season. He looked okay. I, I still think Kamara, who wasn't playing on Saturday, I think that's the reason why Dundee have had a bad start, because he's hardly been involved. Um, I still think he's their best player, but Ingotala will certainly do a job for them. Um, but he's a whippet, and I think you know once he gets away from you, you either have to foul him or just hope that he fucks up. Really, Hoggy. Um, the second time he does it, there's a good tactic that I'm sure you would be an exponent of. Um, you mean the one that Ajaria should have done at Parkhead? Yeah, uh, I believe it. Uh, I believe it, it. The term is fucking half him. Um, yeah, although yeah, I will, I, I will say this right. I thought Andy Halliday played well, really well actually. I thought the big man played well in midfield. So um, and Arfield played well. And the fact that in the second half it stopped is what made me think it was just a wee bit of ah, we're too up. It's a doddle, which it kind of was. The fact that in the second half, after clearly the manager said to them, "Wrap that shit," it stopped. Yeah, you know, it's uh, whether it's subconscious or whether it's a, a conscious decision on on the part of the players, don't know. Um, they did kind of down tools a little bit. Dundee did create a couple of chances. Uh, special mention for the guy two rows behind me, who as Paul McGowan stuck the shot wide when uh, I serves you right. It came off your ankle tag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then started talking about why he can't play night games so, uh, <laughs> or go but, to nightclubs yes. the player has got the ankle tag in Scottish football again oh I don't, I don't know uh, Off the top there was of a story up. recently I seen a picture of it and this guy's playing with one of the ankle tags on underneath his socks they don't remove it is, well, they don't remove it even for the even I suppose he's never to remove it so he can go on the pitch which I would have thought was a bit dodgy by the way imagine breaking your foot on that he's, or something, he's probably an ex-Celtic player let's be honest I'm going to need to look this up yeah I need to find that yeah. you, you, you do that you do that um, um, but, but yeah. the rest of the you know the, the, the rest of the first half um, we did almost sleepwalk our way through the kind of final 10 minutes there were some kind of uh, let's call them hard meaty challenges going in a few of our players were going down but you know one of the one of the positive things to come out of that David was last year you would have seen our players hide mm, uh, from, yeah. from, from, from that type of stuff not on Saturday they were right up for it it became a little bit of a you know entrenched battle those last 10 minutes then we came out the second half and how we didn't score until late on is probably that's beyond me because had we got an early one uh, to make it four in the second half, it could have been that cricket score. We would probably have run riot and then just, you know, basically took, take the foot, uh, took the foot off the gas with half an hour to go. Oh, yeah, I'm going to just jump in very quickly because I, I just Googled that there. It's Paul McGowan. <laughs> so he's going in. So he does have an ankle Dundee tag. Dundee footballer Paul McGowan wore an electric, <laughs> electronic tag around his ankle as he played against St Mirren. So that first game of the season where they played St Mirren at home, there was McGowan with the ankle tag on. 
and you can see it under his right ten, ten, 10 out of 10 to the fella two rows behind me well what I will say about McGowan is is that the guys get better fucking lawyers than OJ Simpson because he's, you know how many convictions has he got and it just seems he can randomly go about assaulting police and uh, end, up, end up getting out with it so well done to him he's like the, the, the kind of mutant John Gotti that guy the te- Teflon dick um, I think it would 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 be him, but uh, yeah, um, go three 0 up just before half time. Penalty after a superb run by Alfredo Morelos, just excellent pace defender. Doesn't really see him, I think, coming round and realizes though that there's a presence there. Slides to get the ball, no one near it. Stonewaller up steps. Uh, James Tavernier puts it away three 0 into second half, and look, Rangers just. Dominant games played entirely in the Dundee half, and uh, Rangers made changes. I think with a view two things: one was with a view to Thursday, and two Dundee well beaten did start kind of putting it about a bit, um, which leads to before we come to the the fourth goal. Um, there's some really good chances for Rangers. Um, Kyle Lafferty hits the bar with a header. Um, Connor Goldson should score. He's he kind of hits the post. Uh, Connor Goldson missing a, a good chance, but uh, Rangers do eventually get the fourth. And it's young Glenn Middleton after Dundee's defender very kindly chested the ball down on the line. Alex, what the fuck is the thinking of a professional footballer there? That right, I'm on the line. I'm going to chest the ball down. What is the the risk reward scenario there that will go through your mind when you think right I'm going to because that will then let me drip I mean what the fuck although I really don't know when uh, you look at that goal what a set up though it was perfect yeah yeah, and you can't even blame that I mean that was Kasunga who came on for Odie, um who went off with a bad back by I, the way it was Odie that gave away the penalty which was fucking exactly gave away the penalty. it was him that was lying with a head knock for two minutes just before he gave away the penalty as well so when you say he didn't know what was happening around him, there's actually a good chance of that. But he went off with a bad back, which is essentially professional footballers uh, parlay for, I'm fucked, get me away from it. <laughs> yes, I do um, not want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, but that chest, so, so I'm, as I'm saying, Kasinga, come on, so you can't even really blame you know, some sort of tired decision that he was making the 80-odd minutes into the game. That is, uh, I, I, I don't know. You look at the whole move, You've got Tavernier and Candace now. It's not as if they were running at the defence. They were both kind of having to be static. And one of the Dundee players just stops and lets Candace stroll past them for a couple of yards to get that cross in. And then Kasunga, I don't know, maybe he had 4 0 on his coon. Who knows? Um, just thought, I'm going to chest this down. Without any. Such was a way. It, was, it wasn't high enough that he had to take it on the chest. No, no, no. Um, the guy was just about on his knees. Yeah, because he, 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 he chests it right down into the ground. He perfectly yeah. cushions it. Yeah, it was a per- Yeah, if one of your strikers had not laid that oh, down, you'd have been taught how great an assist it was. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's not as if he's made the decision to header it because the ball would never really went any sort of height. You know, So, he's not made the decision to header it, misjudged it, went with the chest and fucked it. He has chested that down as if he's got all day to then just stroll up and take the ball away. I, I really don't. I don't get it. <laughs> it was such a strange decision, but we'll take it. No, oh, gives young middle on his first of what I think will be many goals for Rangers. I loved his excitement. I do. I love that when when a youngster gets gets the first goal and and yeah, he's he's been impressive all season. So the only other real incident of note in this match was another refereeing controversy. Although having at the time, uh, Kenny Miller, who was on a booking, I believe um, he lunges in on Borna Barisic and the ref 
I thought was going to give him the second yellow because it was a stonewall booking. But at the time, I thought the ref runs over Kevin Clancy um, and gives him a straight red. And my reaction was when people around me were kind of saying, well, that's a wee bit harsh. I was like, well, Barisic is really fucked off. And you could see, you know, he, he was raging with the tackle. And having watched it back, I can see why. Uh, I don't... I know that, like, every footballer... Kenny Miller's not that type of player. As uh, like nobody's ever beat. Have you noticed that? I would love just once somebody come out and go like a manager when he's asked about it to say, yeah, he he is that type of player. He he's gonna fucking half him. Um, but he went through him. Red card got sent off. And then the somewhat peculiar sight to me anyway. And I'll get your your thoughts on this, lads. Start with you, Hoggy. The somewhat peculiar sight of a player being um, applauded off the park uh, at Ibrox, an opposition player, after being sent off for cementing one of our players who's currently lying injured. Um, now, I I get that a lot of Rangers fans wanted to kind of, you know, if you like, pay a, a tribute to Kenny Miller for, for the service he's put in at the club. I, I just didn't necessarily... If he'd been subbed was one thing, but I just didn't necessarily think that was appropriate but you know each to their own but um me personally i'm like he has just halved one of our players who clearly is fucked off with the tackle so i, I didn't think that was the time for it um first things first in the tackle I, I didn't think it i didn't think it was a red card at the time having watched it back even, even i thought it was a red card david mm. uh which which probably Interestingly, Dundee have appealed it. So if it gets if it gets downgraded to yellow, he gets sent off anyway. That's that's clever. Um, but on the as he's walking off, I actually think Miller's embarrassed. You know, because he's looking at his, he's looking at his feet. He gives it kind of two or three claps, and then off he goes. For once in his life, I actually thought Miller was embarrassed. Um, it, do you know? It, each to their own, but it wasn't really for me. Um, would the Rangers fans have, have acted that way if it was 1-0 Dundee? No, I don't. Of course not. I doubt so, that, yes. Yeah, not for me. Um, and I think it just comes down, look, we're not going to go over the Kenny Miller argument again until he comes back for the inevitable fourth spell at Christmas. So we'll, we'll wait until then for it. But yeah, it was just one of those bizarre, bizarre sights that you see. One thing that did go up my arse though, Alex, um, in this whole let's criticise Rangers and anything connected with Rangers for anything... Whether or not you think it was appropriate from a Rangers point of view to do, respecting an ex-player is a nice thing to do. And it doesn't happen whenever we go places but uh, because people can't behave when they see Rangers coming. But um, it's one of the things that I like about our club that we will say, no, we remember your contribution and thank you for it. Um, you can talk about when to do it or whatnot, but it's still a good thing to do. Um, and Miller, I think, you know, as is a correct human nature thing to do. Gave a very quick, as, as Hoggy says, he was obviously embarrassed at the tackle and being sent off, but he gives a very quick uh, clap of acknowledgement as a thank you, which again, I think is a perfectly legitimate and sportsmanlike thing to do. And yet, afterwards, the usual fucking suspects are giving it, oh, that was disrespectful to his employers and terrible thing to do. And, you just think, why? I mean, basic human decency is disrespectful to your employers. 
They make sharp as they go along. If it's gold for Dundee and celebrated, it'd have been disrespectful to his previous employers, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, so, so you know, by by these same people, so they just make sharp. But I think, yeah, but we're, we're, we're very much starting to just ignore most of them, aren't we? Mm. Um, I, suspect, I suspect, to be honest, Alex, the arseholes in question would have said uh, he's been disrespectful to Dundee because he didn't celebrate. Yes, enough. exactly. Either way, you can't win, right? Um, and it's just, get, I didn't. And this isn't me trying to sound staunch or anything like that. I just didn't clap off Miller because I thought it was a slightly inappropriate time to do so. I was a little bit... I, I probably would have joined in if he'd been getting subbed or something. Um, yeah. And, and I wasn't going there with any real intention to do so. You know, my thinking was, we were better for Kenny Miller than Kenny Miller was for us. Um, Send your hate tweets to at Strider80. <laughs> Don't he tag played. me in on them. He played. He played for them as coming next. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not actually. And, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm the guy who tried to argue, tried to argue that he, he could, could be classed as a Rangers legend in one of the shows in Patreon. Remember? He did. Um, but you know, I tried to bring that from a kind of rational look at the people we've got in there at the moment standpoint more than anything else. I've got um, to be due, surely. Sorry. I've got to be due to get in. Oh, well, if these two Ibrox shows go well, then that's you, I think. That's it. Yeah. Hi, hashtag get Davy in. There you go, folks. Get, get, yes, get, get, get that, get that bloody, bloody blazer chaser. <laughs> do, they get, do you get a blazer if you go into the Hall of Fame? Oh, I'll take any. Yeah, really, you must do. You must do. A blazer and a nice lolly. I would want one of the ties. The ties are really nice, aren't they? You want one of the new I'm not fancy I'll, I'll take an old one I'll take you know back stock that they can't shift <laughs> these days um, yeah. I'll tell yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 for Kenny Miller but he's not getting any more David you can have it um, actually I'll yeah. take that um, I, I noticed that there's quite a few of these uh, grey Hummel tracksuits which are pretty smart Rangers ones we're kicking about on Saturday so somebody's got, got them so um, yes. hit me yes, up well. hit me up <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, as I say, I, I didn't clap Miller off the pitch at that point because, like yourselves, it was at the moment I was thinking that's a bit of a strange time of day. I was more concerned that Barisic might be injured, given that Flanagan suspended for Thursday as well. I was thinking, ah, fuck. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, any anybody out there spouting the whole disrespectfully Dundee would probably have had uh, and he was disrespectful to his previous employers as he trudged off the pitch and didn't acknowledge the ovation True. Like, so you know the best probably absolutely and nicely led on to Thursday Rangers uh, begin our Europa League campaign which I'm very much looking forward to it was reinforced to me when I was watching the Serie A round up this weekend and they said uh, Atalanta of course are now free to concentrate on the league as they didn't make the Europa League. So uh, it was a nice reinforcement of uh, a, a very nice achievement for Rangers. And we are off to Old Foes Villarreal on Thursday, um, 5.55 kickoff. And, uh, yeah, two suspensions, Hoggy, um, big ones. Well, Flanagan probably wouldn't have started because Barisic, Borna Barisic can now play in the, the Europa League group stages uh, thanks to recent changes in the... Uh, cup tie rules um, which incidentally seems quite sensible to me but he uh, uh, the other one is Alfredo Morelos which would you would think mean an appearance for Kyle Lafferty Villarreal are a good side and this is not going to be a picnic they are look seeing all honesty even including Celtic the best team we'll play this season 
Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, they've not they, they've not had a great start to the season, but <laughs> neither had Valencia. Well, I was just about oh, yes. to say that the, 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 at the time, the Aberdeen of Scotland who went on to the Champions League final. Um, no, no, Ho- Hoggy, Hoggy, the Aberdeen of Scotland were Aberdeen. Oh, of course, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> next, up, next, next up, Ross Jack. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So uh, they, they've they've played four. They've lost a couple to Girona and Real Sociedad on, on day one. They won at the weekend against Leganes, and I think they, they drew away to Seville. So you know they, they've had a bit of a mix a mixed start. But they've gone to Seville and got a point. Yeah, they're they're a tidy side. They like to they actually like to play in the counter attack. And when teams set up at at their place looking to counter attack, they have struggled with it this season already. So that gives me a wee bit of hope. Um, but they are like they're a, they're a, they're a one of the top Spanish sides. That says it all for me. You know they yeah. are going to be a right good side, but. We're going into it, and I'm probably doing that thing early of we've got a chance because I genuinely think we we, we do. Morello's been out since big one, but it's why we signed Kyle Lafferty, you know, yeah. to make sure yeah. that we had great backup or play two up front if we won. And let's see that Lafferty's been there and done it for us in the past. He's also played in Italy and he's played in Switzerland, so it's 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 his stage on Thursday night. So I'm expecting him to turn up. Well, also for Northern Ireland, where um, our Northern Irish listeners will know that Kyle Lafferty playing that lone striker role for them over the last couple of years has been sensational and a big part of their their success. Alex, it's it's going to be a night where you've got to treat the ball with respect because I remember watching growing up watching Rangers in the eighties and nineties, and one of the problems was that if we gave the ball away in domestic football, we would get it back pretty quickly. You gave it away in Europe, you might not see it for 15 minutes. And that's very much the case against, as, as Hoggy puts it, a top Spanish side. Yeah, it will usually be. Um, as Hoggy points out, they, they tend to set up to play in the counter themselves. So uh, they, w- they won't really be able to do that against us because we're not going to come out too much, I wouldn't imagine. Gerald seems to be quite pragmatic away from home so far, doesn't he? So mm. um, I expect it will be a, something like the Maribor game when we went over there. We were protecting a lead over there, but we were very much playing just to get the draw and get out of there. Um, and it worked. So, uh, yeah, Lafferty up front himself, we know he can do that. As you said, Northern Ireland's the best example of that over the years. McGregor's going to need to have a good game. Goldson and Katic are going to need to have good games. I'm just looking forward to seeing how we how we match up against such a good side. Uh, I really am. I'm, you know, I think we've got some players here who you now are capable of playing beyond the level that we play at in Scottish football uh, and these are the games where we guys tend to get up for it and, and show you try and show you that and I'm excited to see what the likes of Kula Bali does in the middle of the pitch against these sort of guys because we know he's got all the physical attributes he needs mm. to, to handle that so let's see how he does you know I, I'm a wee bit he'll be there for the rest of the games unless of course he gets any other fucking suspensions so a wee bit disappointed that Morelos isn't there but uh, you know, slightly tempered by the knowledge of Lafferty is capable in these sort of matches. I think one of the the key things for me, Hoggy, is that we've got to try and give them something to to think about at the back because otherwise, if you don't do that, and we kind of saw this at Parkhead actually, then a team can push forward and territorially dominate you because they don't really have that fear that anything was, would happen at the back. And 
one of the things because it will be difficult to get out for the for the team is that again brave in possession, but to try not to play at Kyle Lafferty, i.e., just launch it at him because that is tempting, especially if we find ourselves under the cosh, which we will do at a certain point. But it's important to not just return possession instantly to them because otherwise it could be a long old night. Yeah, I'll also be amazed if Gerard doesn't set up our team to play with some width. Um, I'd be expecting Kent to play. I would expect Kandias to play. Uh, simply because I've, I've, I've watched highlights of one of the games. I've watched three of it, three other games. Um, and most of the goals that they've lost this season have come from wide areas where teams are getting out wide, getting crosses in, and their defence just has really struggled with them. So I think an out ball is actually going to be out to Ken, out to Candace, try and get it, basically wait for the wait wait for the support and get the crosses into the box. Like you say, we've got to give them something to think about. Uh, Ryan Jack's not going to be there, so I, I I expect it's going to be pretty much the same team as Saturday with Morelos out and, and Lafferty in. Can we take a second to just um, congratulate Hoggy on getting Ryan Jack's name correct? I always, I, did, I always wonder I what pause, would happen. I did pause before I said. <laughs> I always wonder what would happen if uh, Ryan Jack and Jack Ross were ever in the same room with Hoggy. If he would just self-immolate. To, to <laughs> I've call, honestly, I've called him everything except Ryan Jack. It's, uh, yeah, no, it, it was impressive. I think that aug- I think that augurs well for this week. In a world where Hoggy can get Ryan Jack's name correct, I think that we can go to Villarreal and, and get something. Uh, the the ability to, to carry the ball that Hoggy referred to there, Alex, especially Candace and uh, Ryan Kent, that is important because it gives the defence a break, it lets everybody push up. We need both of those guys if they start, um, which again, I think in a 4-3-3 they probably would, then they they have a responsibility to drive the team out a little bit in a way that I actually thought as well Scott Arfield did very well in the second half for us uh, in Maribor yeah yeah exactly that yeah um, Ken uh, Gerald said himself he, he took him off because he needs a very similar performance to Saturday from him on Thursday uh, so, so yeah they're, they're going to be vital it's going to be Anytime we can get the ball to them, and in the way that Valerie set up, as Hoggy said, they, they do leave a bit of space wide to run into. Um, we're going to be looking for those guys to, to get us out from the edge of your own box up to the edge of their box and go and win a free kick or a throw in or something. You know, just get us out now and again. We're going to be asking that of them, guaranteed. So, uh, so yeah, the, that's going to be vital. And in midfield, Arfield's capable of it. I think Kulabali might be our best option there, though. Um, someone who will just run. And you know, just put the ball in front of him, uh, and then you know, try and stop him because the guy's a big fucking freight train. So, um, so yeah, we'll need a bit of that. We'll need a bit of luck that way. Uh, we'll need McGregor to be on his game, which is so far this season been the case. And yeah, okay, have we got much to lose since Thursday. No, 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 we don't. Um, it's a free hit, and look, if, even if we get a tonking, which I don't think we will. Fair enough. Look at the budgets. Genuinely, look, look at the the difference in spend and whatnot. So go there, do yourselves proud, and who knows? I mean, I think if we were to get a point, that would be one hell of a result. Anything more than that, and 
I'm, I'm back in the bevy. It's you know, I, but uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Now, um, before we move on to a new section, yeah, um, before we do that this week, uh, something that came up today, Monday, as we record this, the um, former Scottish FA president George Peat, remember him, says a prominent club chairman urged him not to help Rangers in any way amid the fixture backlog in two thousand and eight. Um, you'll remember, of course, folks, that we were competing in three fronts. Um, we'd won the League Cup and we were uh, going for the quadruple. And uh, you'll recall that part of this issue with us, there were, people might forget this, so there were kind of three main reasons for this fixture pile-up. One was Rangers' own fault. We drew a couple of cup games we absolutely should have won first time and had to go to replay. So, yep, fair enough on that one. However, there were two others. One was a bizarre insistence by the SFA at the time for two pointless Scotland get-togethers in February and March, um, where games could easily have been played. And the other was, of course, uh, the postponement of the New Year Old Firm game um, after the tragic death of Phil O'Donnell. Um, what was a touch bizarre to Rangers fans at that time was that Phil O'Donnell um, had left Celtic a decade before um, had never been a favourite of them, but even so, fair enough. But had only played with one of the current Celtic squad at that time and none of the management. Um, but Celtic were too upset to play that fixture, which just coincidentally coincided with them also having uh, an injury and suspension crisis at that time. Um, yeah, I I'm sure though. Dundee United, who were on the same pitch... When Phil O'Donnell passed away, they didn't get a postponement because, you know, why Why would they? That that would be mental. And uh, those were the, the reasons. Of course, the season went on. And uh, George Pete said, There were certain things that disappointed me. One in particular disappointed me. I remember when Rangers got to the final in Manchester, I got a phone call from a prominent chairman of a club requesting me not to help Rangers in any way. And it so happened that I had already had a meeting with Lex Gold at the SPL because what we were willing to do was extend the season because of the fixture pile-up that Rangers had. And I was most disappointed when I got back to the office to receive this call to ask me not to help them in any way. That really stuck in my throat. Now, uh, those of you of a certain age will remember that in 1987, the United uh, season was extended. And uh, you'll also may know that uh, 25 previous times in Scottish football history the season had been extended but Celtic in particular were very vocal that it couldn't be um, despite 25 precedents of it happening and despite Celtic being given a clear week before their match uh, in the UEFA Cup final of 2003 when the league agreed to let them move their match with Dundee back to the Wednesday um, prominent club chairman at that time there are three who spring to mind Stephen Thompson who as you recall got very bitter after that League Cup final that year when Rangers um, basically refused to let them win um, his dad Eddie Thompson was dying and I'm sure it would have been nice for for them to win but you know uh, however that of course led to a lot of bitterness which in turn ironically led to Dundee United being where they are today um, which I believe is in the uh, the Sainsbury's League West South um, ninth division and it, uh, the other two who I may or may not be worth a mention would be Rod Petrie at Hibernian and of course John Reid at Celtic Hoggy rap bastards if ever if ever there was an example 
and I, 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 I don't doubt uh, Mr. Pete for a second. I really don't doubt it for a second. Um, the fact that he, he, he basically told them to do one uh, was, was nice. Um, if you ever want an example of Scottish football hating itself to death, there's, there's one of them. Um, but it, it, it just does not surprise me, David. You know, you look at, I remember back to Zenit. Zenit had um, games postponed. I don't know, you know, they, their season wouldn't have been extended because it's, it's more kind of summertime football. Um, but they had games postponed to give them, I think they had 10 days of a lead up. But, you know, we had to play however many games in the, you know, three games in the week prior to it. Um go out in Manchester half dead in our arse and then come back and play about 26 games in 25 <laughs> days. So, do you know, it, it, it is just, it's utter jealousy. It's not wanting a level playing field and it's hating itself to death. Um, I hope it was Stephen Thompson. I really genuinely hope it was Stephen Thompson. My only concern about that is that Stephen Thompson is too stupid to have dialed the phone correctly, so someone would have had to well, do it for him. What? 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 I, I I can only imagine that it would be Stephen Thompson in collusion, um, and of course now, Mister Thompson probably looks back and and wonders the uh, what why said collusion partners aren't helping him anymore because. A, you were too stupid, and B, you're of no more use. Uh, but it could quite easily have been the other two. I doubt, I think of the three, I would imagine John Reid would be at the bottom of the list. I doubt very much that they would have done that um, so so visibly, so transparently. I would have, I would, I would imagine there would have been... I fucking two. wouldn't, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Can I just say, sorry, Hoggy, you're saying visibly and transparently, but only hearing about this ten years later. Yeah, yeah. It was so, always, it's always going to come out. No, it would come um, out at some point. It would, but, but once it's done, who cares, right? I mean, genuinely, once it's done, who cares? They got what they wanted out. Yeah. Now the season didn't get extended, and people need to refresh my memory because I don't remember. Was there some sort of vote on it? No, I, I just, don't remember. So no, it didn't come to you that. know, George Pete giving it the big. Oh, I told him to stuff it. Well, it didn't fucking make any difference. The season wasn't extended. It still finished on Scottish Cup final day. Yeah. When I, we we had about one and a half fit players. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, 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 I just think Alex that back then, and we've seen it all the way through. Um, of the three guys mentioned, I think only two of them would be stupid enough to carry out said orders. I, I just not. I, I genuinely, he, he's saying about prominent. Prominently, do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, when he's doing that, he, he's being quite. Uh, he put a lot of emphasis on the word prominent, so I wouldn't write uh, Mister Reed off. I, I don't think a deni- I don't think a deniable one-on-one conversation that you can say I didn't say that is is risky, Hoggy. In all honesty, especially when you know that even as Alex said, ten years later it comes out he won't name you, so he certainly wasn't going to name him then. Uh, yeah. yeah, as we say, we can speculate. It was read. We can speculate, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to find out if, uh, if if the SFA recorded calls at that point and if they've kept them longer than the the usual seven year uh, regular. Hoggy, Hoggy, the SFA, 
These these cunts honestly could not organise a rice pudding in a paddy field. So there is no fucking chance that they've kept phone records going back that long. Um, yeah, they Well, he was appealing because he was jailed for nine years. 
um, and he was made by the court in Paraguay to uh, <laughs> to forfeit racketeering gains of three point four million pounds or dollars rather. Um, now, in 2012, he secured an apology for un- unfounded smears when the Olympia president, Marcelo Recanti, called him an embezzling, filthy rat bastard. <laughs> he denies... To, to, to the point. He denies all charges and said, It happened to Jesus. I understand it. I will not hate my accusers. I am innocent. That's very... That can I just say, guys? That is very much the, the essence of Sport Integrity Award, and, and now the Total Hearts, isn't it? That's yep. beautiful. That that, I love dodgy South American pricks, but then as, as Scott and I used to joke when we started this, and we'd be laughing at Romanian football and Paraguayan football and Venezuelan football, and then we got fucking spivwhacked. So you know, maybe I'll just be now. I look at it with a kind of sad, you know, wry, you know, that shit can happen, as opposed to, yeah, peer check these guys, so uh, older and wiser. Yes, yes. Um, I'll kick us off. Sadly, mine's is nowhere near um, as interesting as that. Uh, some of you may have come across this story. Um, um, a fellow participant in the Europa League, Bordeaux, who we know have had a couple of interesting things happen recently, they're bid for Morelos. Gus Poyet chucking it pretty much on live TV by uh, saying it was the worst day of his life <laughs> uh, because they sold some player or something like that. Um, but they managed to sign a promising young Croatian midfielder by the name of Tom Abasic uh, and then have described it as an administrative error that they forgot to include him in their Europa League squad. Oh, for they actually fuck just sake. fucking forgot. They forgot. They named 25 players and then someone pointed out and they went, ah, fuck. Um, I've done that in foot- I've done that in Football Manager when I've went auto-pick and then haven't yeah, checked and carefully know, enough <laughs> and I've got the fucking 17-year-old reserve left-back in and the £2 million star striker isn't. Exactly that. It's exactly what it's like. It's like the auto-pick function in Football Manager, yeah, which never picks correctly. No. Um, and... But my, my favourite part of it, you know, they described his admin error and all that sort of stuff, and their club president then said, you'll be able to participate in the Europa League from the round of 32 onwards. You forgot your fucking player. I wouldn't be getting so cocky about getting through your group. <laughs> 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 you know? um, like, it's no problem, we'll get through the groups anyway, man. You can play. It really puts me off like, selling a player to them, because what happens if they forget to send us the fucking money? <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't be far off. Oh, right? it, was an ad, it was an admin blunder. You know, no! Now you start to understand why Thierry Henry knocked them back, don't you? Yeah, oh, fuck yes. Uh, I think if Gus Poye shows up, you're a bit, you know, he's a character, in inverted commas. Yes. And yeah, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a managerial equivalent to Martin Bain turning up at your club. Yeah, yeah, run, basically, Aye. if that happens. It's never, it's never a sign that there's a bit in The Simpsons where Skinner's kitchen's on fire and Superintendent Chalmers says, is your kitchen on fire? He says, no, it's a Rory Borealis. Well, uh, Gus Poye is a Rory Borealis um, localised to your kitchen. <laughs> Hoggy! Well, let's go, let's go for a game at the weekend in the lower divisions in England. Um, first of all, do you boys realise it's 13 years since Kieran Dyer and Lee Boyer get sent off for punching each other. No, I didn't. Wow. 
remember it like it so, was yesterday. So let's, uh, yeah, I, 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 I had a full head of hair and it was not quite as white as it is now. <laughs> um, say, it wasn't as impressive as Craig Levine knocking fuck out of, who was it he punched fuck out Graham Hogg. Hogg. Broke his yeah, jaw, yes. one punch. <laughs> Um, yeah, 13 years ago, and on Saturday we got something pretty similar in the League One game, uh, Blackpool against Plymouth. Blackpool are winning 1-0, and in the closing stages, two guys had an argument. The two guys, one of them's got a brilliant name. I only wish this guy's middle name was Edward. His <laughs> name is Mark Bowler. <laughs> uh, it's a while, but you get there. You get um, there. Or uh, you so could also say uh, he's very much a 20th century boy. Is. Yeah, see what that is. So, Mark Bola and Deverin Daniels uh, had to exchange words with a few minutes to go and then started punching lumps out of each other. <laughs> so, they both, get, they, they both get a red card. And after the game, the Blackpool boss, Terry McPhillips, called it mayhem and carnage. And then followed followed it up by saying, "But as for the red cards, I personally thought watching it live it was harsh." <laughs> I've always well, kind of wondered well, about that yeah. because yes, it's violent conduct, but it against your own player. You should be allowed to hit your own player, surely. Well, yeah. I guess I mean, like, conduct being a rule. Is that is it? I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I think it's just violent covers everything. So even you know, even if you were playing with Ian Black, for example. And you just fucking turned around and rattled the wee cunt. Um, the ref would still send you off. Although maybe we'd go, I'm seeing black, and you'd go, come on. Come on. You, you were wanting to happen, weren't you? And the ref would go, yeah, yeah, I was. Like, come on, make it a yellow. Aye, all right, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. I think that there's there's definitely a chance that that would happen. Right. Certainly, certainly in modern day Scotland, I suspect if you shot Ian Black on the park, you'd probably win it. Win your appeal. No, now he's at Tranent. When he was at a previous club, uh, you could probably have done that, and only I got a yellow, as they say. Uh, right, okay, uh, I'm going to have to give it to the Bordeaux office manager because that is an absolutely spectacular bit of fucking up. Um, again, just beware the perils of it, mate. Bordeaux admin guy, you have made a total heartsen of it. So, congratulations for being the inaugural award winner. Right, that's pretty much it from Heart and Hand uh, this evening. We'll be back on Friday because obviously we're playing on Thursday. Um, we'll be back on Friday with this week's pod numero duo and uh, very much looking forward to that. We will preview this weekend's fixture. If you want more from us, please go to our Patreon site, three and a half thousand strong now. Loads and loads of great content going up there, around about 25 hours a week on everything to do with Rangers, but also loads on all types of football. I think you will very much enjoy it. It's only one ninety nine per month. Go and get that try if you don't like it it was two quid so well worth a pop and also if you would like to support the podcast and uh well i'm just gonna be up front here we have now an extensive range on our very good website heartandhand.co.uk an extensive range of branded tat if we can stick a heart and hand logo on the fucker it's on it phone cases key rings mugs t-shirts all sort of useless shite and if you're kind of sitting there tonight going, I want to buy some absolute piece of fucking nonsense that in 10 years I'll find up the loft and go, oh, I remember that. Fuck, what was I thinking? This is your moment. Heartandhand.co.uk forward slash collections. That's, that's the only place you need to go. And you can make me more money. And in the end, isn't that what Jesus would want you to do? 
I think the answer is yes. Okay, just thanks to my executive producers in London, Mr. Mark Lee and Mr. Paul Miles, and of course, my two wonderful guests, the superb Mr. Alexander Staff. Thank you, gentlemen. Congratulations on your hearts and base success. Yes, yes, although you know, as the weeks go on, I'm sure the, the, um, the standard's going to have to pick up, isn't it? Scott will be shaking his head. Oh, Scott will be raging. Scott will be sending me a lawyer's letter saying cease and desist. <laughs> from breaching a breaching a copyright and uh, the ever effervescent uh, Mr Ian Hogg absolute pleasure David thanks Alex as well and is it Thursday yet <laughs> thanks for joining us folks we'll be back on Friday till then more the bells take care bye Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.